When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into tonight's video, I want to be completely transparent. Yes, all three of tonight's stories are from the SCP Foundation. They are considered SCPs. However, the three that I've picked out to share with you all tonight are almost more than just a strange sci-fi story. These are honestly some of the most terrifying stories I think I've read personally. And the final one. I know, I'm, it's like, she's trying to get you to stay to the end of the video. Of course I am, that's what I do. But the final one not only is incredibly unsettling and weird and scary, there are pictures to go along with it. So, I implore you, stay till the end and give these stories a chance. I guarantee you, you will enjoy them just as much as you do the other ones. Also, one last thing. If you hear something during these stories that sounds like this, that means that that data has been redacted, and therefore, I have to come up with something to fill the space. Let's get into it. SCP-3065, Object Class, Euclid. The Foundation has quarantined 1.4 square kilometers of public land around 3065 and is utilizing a cover story, A91, Wildlife Sanctuary. Outpost 3065 has been constructed around the quarantine zone and its perimeter is to be monitored at all times. All personnel must stay at least 50 to 500 meters away from 3065, except for testing purposes. Seismometers have been deployed above 3065 and are to be inspected monthly. All inspections and repairs must be carried out through remote drones. SCP-3065 is an inaccessible cave located below a hiking trail in Paul Lake Provincial Park, British Columbia, approximately 250 meters underground. The structure of 3065 is humanoid and shifts in real time to match the shape at a size ratio of approximately 12 to 1, and posture of its current living occupant. If no living human is inside 3065, a person on the surface may vanish and appear inside the cave. Non-human animals are not affected by 3065. On the 21st of May, 1997, at 4.02 p.m., Foundation Seismograph began recording erratic activity from the Paul Lake region. At 5.18 p.m., the Foundation AI flagged the seismograph as potentially anomalous and alerted Dr. Hardy at Site-144. Hardy ordered a low-priority investigation, and a geological field team arrived on location at dusk. 3065 had several periods of minimal activity during this time, one of which lasted nearly an hour. Upon discovering that the seismic activity was highly localized, the field team conducted a seismic reflection survey. This revealed a large void, although the resolution was too low to identify its shape. 
Because 3065 was dormant at this time, Dr. Hardy authorized the team to drill a 6cm borehole for visual contact. The following is a partial transcript of the operation conducted on the 21st of May, 1997. The field team consisted of researchers Collins and Barry and junior researcher Nguyen and was overseen by Dr. Hardy from Site 144. Alright, we're in. Retracting the drill now. You ready with the scope? Got it. Approximately three minutes pass. Conversation not relevant to the operation has been removed. I'm lowering the cable. Video should be live soon. Is your connection okay, Doc? Everything looks fine on this end. Go ahead. A few more seconds, and there we go. Okay, I'm seeing an adult on the cave floor, dead or unconscious. Looks male, maybe 40, 50 years old. Confirmed. Looks like a hiker. I'll check out any local disappearances. Nothing else here stands out to me. Looks like normal granite. I'll... Shit, the camera just cut out. Harry, can you tell what's... Um... Where did... Harry? Harry! He just, uh... Disappeared. Right when the video died. Tell me you're joking. Never. Sir Collins is gone. And the seismos suddenly going nuts. Jesus. I'm sending him back up. 90 minutes away. Keep me updated. Six minutes pass. Doctor, are you there? Just got in the truck. What's happening? We put up the camera. There was just cable. Looks like it got cut. So we put in the spare and the borehole is filled in after about 10 meters. Oh, shit. I want you two to start drilling again. Harry might have joined our hiker friend and he'll need air. Understood. Approximately 35 minutes later, Barry and Ewan finish drilling into 3065, and the scope is reinserted along with a small speaker. The light from Collins' headlamp can be seen as the scope enters the cave. Harry, you okay? Can you hear me? I'm here. Doing okay, just some bleeding. Fuckers drilled into me. Shit, really? That's terrible luck. We'll throw down some bandages and... No, I... I you drilled in... Look. This cave is weird. It looks like a big, hollow person. Arms, leg, dick, everything. It, it moves when I move. Like... It mimics me. I'm sitting in my ass cheeks right now. What? When the drill broke through here, I felt something pinch my shoulder. The wound is way smaller than a bit, though. Barely any blood. That guy has the same hole in him. Huh. Okay. Well, the big guns will be here in about an hour. Uh, what's the air situation? You breathing okay? It's definitely getting to me. Probably okay for a while with the hole. Alright. Let me think for a second. The guys coming will have oxygen, so we're going to have to widen the borehole enough to lower it down to you, but I don't want to hurt you more if we can avoid it. It's not life-threatening, Zoe. Just give the borehole is closed off, and the recording ends.
Note, for experimental purposes, a small flag was placed on the trail above the estimated center of 3065. Experiment 3065-1, May 23, 1997. Subject D, 213-729. Subject was told to stand next to the flag and wait for further instructions. After 24 minutes, D-213-729 disappeared. Seismic activity indicated his capture by 3065. Experiment 3065-2, May 23, 1997. Subject D-213-755. Immediately after the previous experiment, the subject was told to stand next to the flag and wait for further instructions. While 3065 was still seismically active from the previous experiment, nothing notable occurred. 32 minutes after activity ceased, D213755 disappeared and the tremors resumed. Confirmed, it's limited to one victim at a time. Dr. Clark. Experiment 3065-3, May 23, 1997. Subject D-213-902. Subject started approximately 100 meters from 3065 and was instructed to move one meter forward every two minutes. D-213-902 disappeared 12 meters away from the flag. Note, I'm making 50 meters the official safe zone. Dr. Clark. Experiment 3065-4, May 24, 1997, subject 214-689. Subject was instructed to climb a tree close to 3065, as high as they were able, and wait for further instructions. D-214-689 climbed a pine tree four meters away from the flag to a height of approximately eight meters. She disappeared 20 minutes later. Note, apparently you don't need to be touching the ground. Dr. Clark. Experiment 3065-5, May 25, 1997, subject D-214-770. D-214-770 was chosen because he is missing his left arm. Subject was told to stand next to the flag and wait for further instructions. A remotely operated drone was ready to inspect 3065. The subject disappeared after 22 minutes and the drone began drilling a borehole. Exploration revealed that 3065's interior was truncated at the left arm, matching D-214-770. 3065 contained six corpses in normal condition. The borehole closed 42 minutes after the drilling was completed. Note. Interesting. I assumed that the arm section would be inactive, but it's actually gone. 3065 also doesn't seem to be well, digesting. Proposal 3065-6. Dates to be determined. Subject D-Class, General. While 3065 is inactive, a remotely operated drill will dig a large shaft for the subject to fit through. The subject will be instructed to quickly approach the shaft, and a prepared crane will lower them into 3065. Note. Request for additional D-Class personnel to decline. It's just a cave that eats people, David. We have bigger fish to fry. You're being reassigned to SCP-Dr. Hardy. 
Addendum 3065-1. On the 11th of November, 1997, a guard walking approximately 90 meters from 3065 vanished and appeared in the chamber. Seismometers recorded heavy activity during the event. The epicenter moved from 3065's location to directly underneath the guard, then returned to its original location. Minimum safe distance extended to 500 meters. SCP-1775, Object Class Euclid. 1775 has been designated as a condemned building. A barbed wire fence has been constructed around a 20-meter radius to deter unauthorized access. Inquiries into the status of 1775 are to be fielded by Samuel Clark Properties, a foundation construction front. During 1775's active phase, researchers are to monitor 1775-X instances for any deviations be noted. The current head researcher of 1775 is to be informed without delay. SCP-1775 is an abandoned <laughs> department store located in Detroit, Michigan. 1775 was closed in 1979 and shows wear and damage typical of Detroit's urban decay, with interior support beams and ceilings in advanced stages of neglect. Although similar in appearance and condition to other abandoned buildings in the Detroit area, 1775 is distinguishable by the lack of any evidence of impromptu human habitation, or squatting, such as trash and makeshift bedding. 1775's anomalous properties manifest between the hours of 900 and 2000 every day of the week, excluding Sunday. During this time, the damage to its interior will be repaired, restoring it to near-perfect condition. Walls will be repainted, crumbling support beams are restored, etc. Despite these cosmetic changes, the interior of 1775 will remain devoid of any material not present prior to the activation event, with the exception of SCP-1775-X. 1775-X, where X designates a number, are a series of humanoid spectral entities that manifest within the interior of 1775 during an activation event. Aside from occasional deviations, 1775-X instances follow a set pattern of behavior during all activation events. All attempts to interact with or directly alter their behavior patterns have failed due to their intangible nature. After the cessation of a 1775 activation event at 20,000 hours, 1775-X instances will vanish, and the interior of 1775 will once again resemble its inactive state. Attempts to observe 1775 during this transition have been met with failure. Recording equipment, including personnel tracking devices placed in the interior, spontaneously fails, and personnel present during the shift have never been recovered. SCP-1775-X Behavior Log 1775-3 Active between 1100 and 1700, Monday through Thursday. It manifests near a shelf at the back of the store. It spends the entirety of its manifestation event bending down, picking up non-existent objects, and placing them on the shelf. 
1775-9, active between 900 and 1800 hours, on Tuesday through Saturday. This manifests behind a counter at the front of the store, currently theorized to be a cashier, despite no equipment being present. Frequently moves its fingers up and down in a typing motion in front of its register, occasionally pausing to make motions with its hands resembling the removal and organization of cash. 1775-29, active between 900 and 2000 hours, Monday through Saturday. This one stands near the entrance to the store, holding its hands behind its back. When a person enters the store, it will briefly wave at them before returning to its previous stance. To date, it has never shown any signs of movement unless a person enters the store. Addendum 1775-A On several occasions, 1775-X instances have deviated from their recorded behavior. A brief summary of these deviations is provided below. 1775-3 Dates Before placing another item on the shelf, it placed its hand over its head and assumed a fetal position. It remained in this position until the event ended at 2000 hours. 1775-9 Date It stepped away from the counter covered its face in its hands in an apparent sign of despondence. After 30 minutes, it ceased this action and resumed its normal behavior. 1775 Date It ran from its manifestation point in the west side of the store to the east side, colliding with the opposite wall. After colliding, it rapidly punched the wall for approximately three hours before collapsing and remained motionless until the event ended at 2000 hours. SCP-5209 Video Log July 22nd, 2020 1.37 GMT Location, Patrick'sville, Florida. Depicted, Junior Field Agent James Lowe and Field Agent Matt Green. The first portion of this video shows a survey of a non-anomalous religious complex and at one point focuses on a hand-painted sign designating it the First Church of the Covenant and the Sword. Begin Log. Agent Green can be seen walking through a small patch of woods toward a dilapidated building. It's already getting dark. Why don't we call it a day? The church's got one more building on the property. I'd rather not have to come all the way back out tomorrow just for this. Besides, we have flashlights, right? Agent Green waves his flashlight toward the camera. Sure, I guess. Hey, I get it. It's your first day on the job and you find out you're stuck doing this shit. For now, just make sure you hold that thing straight, Low. The camera angle adjusts slightly. Yeah, alright. Why do you have to film all this anyway? You're already taking pictures and writing everything down. Rules are rules, kid. I don't really ask the whys and whatnots. 
The two men approach the entrance to the building. Various serpentine engravings can be seen around the door as Agent Green opens it. Shit, it is pretty dark in here. Watch your step. Hold on, I think this thing has a night vision setting. If I gotta film all this shit, better make sure it's worth it. The camera angle shakes several times. Night vision activates, and the angle readjusts. There we go. Keep an eye out for mice. Jerry said this place used to have a wicked infestation. Damn. Yeah, uh, okay. Let's get this over with. The building's got a ground floor, an attic, loft space, and a basement. Not many of those in Florida. He shrugs and continues. There's no power out here, but we have to check the water just in case that still works. Alright, lead the way. The first room they enter is clear of furniture, with the footage showing nothing of note. The two men use a tape measure to determine the dimensions of the room. Okay, next room's over here. Green retracts the measuring tape, and the two of them walk across the room and through the open doorway, pushing through the rotting cloth hung in lieu of a door. The next area is similar in dimension to the previous, but the detritus strewn about the space appears to indicate this room served as a living area. This place is a real dump. Oh, Christ, looks like somebody's been sleeping in this shit? Just hold the tape. There's no time for gawking. Agent Lowe holds onto the end of the measuring tape to the wall as Green steps over the deteriorated sleeping mat and takes the other end of the opposing wall. On the floor, near the wall closest to Lowe, is a small pile of tattered women's clothing. Yeah, but... Ah, shit, I found the damn mice. Agent Lowe walks over and examines the floor where the skeletal remains of several dozen mice can be seen. After briefly inspecting the remnants of the mice, the two men return to taking various measurements of the room. Let's do the bathroom. Then it's just the loft and the basement. He gestures with his flashlight, playing the beam across another open doorway leading into a room with a tiled floor. The sooner the better. This place gives me the creeps. Green smirks low. Then the two men walk through a doorway into a large, dirty bathroom. Well, this sure has seen better days. Check the sink, kid. I'll check the shower. Oh, fuck. Man, are those teeth? He looks over to where Green is measuring some cabinets. Hey, come look at this. Green glances into the sink, sighs heavily, then attempts to turn the water on. He shrugs and walks toward the shower. I mean, it's dry, but still what? Listen, kid. You're in the foundation now, and sometimes you find weird shit. You just gotta stick to what we do and put it in the report. But look, I don't want to be here all day. Stick with it and you'll see a lot weirder... Well. Uh, that's a new one. What is it? Green pushes back the shower curtain, revealing the shredded remains of a skin-like material filling the tub. Lowe uses the butt of his flashlight to shift the material and a large clump of long brunette hair becomes visible. Lowe makes a retching sound. Oh, God, the smell. (laughs) 
Like I said, we just write it in the report and move along. After taking several more measurements, the two men exit the bathroom. They pass back through the living space and then down a short hallway. Fuck, it's hot. You'd think it would have cooled off by now. He slaps at his left arm, then waves his hand in front of his face. Fucking gnats. Christ. I hate Florida. Lowe briefly shines his light at green and makes a snorting noise. Listen, old man, you're in Florida now. Sometimes the weather just shit. <laughs> Slow it, Junior. Ain't nice mocking your elders like that. Lowe snickers, then leads the way up the set of rickety stairs at the end of the hall. What the fuck is this shit? The loft is filled with several bookshelves, sculptures, and occult objects featuring Haitian voodoo iconography. A rusted medical examination table and makeshift throne chair are present in the center of the room. Fuck if I know. Looks like the old pastor was into some weird voodoo once it, I guess. Agent Green taps several times on the head of a drum. I don't know, man. This is a little extra if you ask me. Agent Lowe brushes his hand against the metal shackle hanging from the wall, then nudges a metal cart with vitals and syringes, partially filled with a black, viscous liquid out of the way with his boot. The two men silently take measurements before walking back downstairs. Basement's over there, I think. Lowe gestures past the bathroom to a worn red door. Shit, I forgot to check if there was water in the toilet. I'll get that and meet you downstairs. Yeah, 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 whatever. Just hurry up, kid. Agent Lowe extends his middle finger toward Green's back as he walks down the basement stairs. Yeah, just hurry up, kid. Agent Lowe continues to grumble under his breath as he re-enters the bathroom and steps over to the toilet. Wait. What the fuck? Lowe turns the camera to show the bathroom sink, now devoid of its previous contents, aside from the dried blood. Lowe quickly spins around and pulls the shower curtain open, finding it likewise empty. Oh, fuck this. I ain't... Shit. Green! Agent Lowe rushes out of the bathroom and walks to the basement door. As he descends the stairs, data corruption begins to warp the video playback. Green, look, we gotta go. Like, now. Something's just... Not right here, man. We should call for... Lowe pushes his way through a set of plastic room dividers, revealing an open space. In the center of the small room, Green can be seen facing the opposing wall, his arms at his sides. Come on, man. Didn't you hear me calling? Something's definitely not fucking right. Matt! Lowe tugs on Agent Green's shoulder, turning him slightly toward the camera. Green is covered in blood. The hammer from the bathroom sink is now embedded in Green's crushed chest cavity. A large serpentine mass can be seen burrowing into his chest cavity through the gabs and tears in his upper torso. Jesus, fuck. No, no, I'm, I'm fucking out. As Agent Lowe turns around, a female humanoid is seen squatting in his path. The entity unhinges its jaw and begins emitting a loud hissing noise. Fuck me, man. Lowe stumbles backward and falls to the ground, the camera loosely attached to his wrist. The entity springs forward and grabs Lowe by the ankles, dragging him through the plastic divider into the other side of the basement. Agent Lowe digs his fingers into the concrete floor, and a wet, scraping sound can be heard as several of his nails snap free from his fingertips. 
Oh God, where are you taking me? A bright light is seen just as the file corruption once more occludes the visual feed, and Agent Lowe's screams take on a tinny, mechanical sound through the digital haze. After approximately 25 minutes, the data corruption once more clears and the camera reactivates midair. The camera falls, lands on the basement concrete floor. A way can be seen dissipating at the center of the room. The video feed terminates as it closes. End log.